The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, and I am so excited to have you here, as I am every week. That never changes. Um, You know that I love talking with you all, and I'd love to take your calls. We're going to be talking about some variety of topics this week, and we are, we've got some great guests. So if you've got something that you want to ask me, something you want to ask them, I want you to just get over that shyness, and I want you to call 1-866-472-5788. And you can also email me a question if you want to at gogreenradio at gmail.com. Well, I have some great news for you all. I had a really neat opportunity last week um, to interview Jacques Cousteau's granddaughter, Alexandra. She is a delight, and she's currently on tour in five different continents around the world. Um, She's celebrating UN World Water Day, and she's actually documenting the water use and water peril that different areas of the world are in. If you go to www.dasani.com, that's D-A-S-A-N-I.com, you can see videos, pictures, and blogs. You can actually interact with Alexandra and her team while they're out in the field. Um, Last week they had a webcast. Uh, It was a press conference for 100 journalists worldwide, and I got to be a part of that. It was really exciting. I actually got to ask her two questions. She was in Istanbul, Turkey, and one of the questions I think will benefit every one of you Go Green Radio listeners, I asked her, hey, Alexandra, you know, you're taking all this video You're learning all these things about what's going on with the world's water supply. I would love to see you on tour going around to communities and to schools and sharing with folks what you've learned, share your pictures, share your videos. And she said, Jill, that's a great idea. I would love to do that. So when she gets home, she gets back to the U.S., um, I'm going to be working with her and, and hopefully bringing Alexandra Cousteau to a community gathering near you. And so if you have some ideas about where you might like to host Alexandra, where you might like to bring people together to see all of the great work that she's doing, um, please email me at gogreenradio at gmail.com and we'll see what we can do. Well, we have a fantastic guest for you right now. His name is John Davies, and he is a very key uh, member of the folks who bring a couple of great websites to us. Uh, One of them is www.gogreenradio.com greenbiz, that's B-I-Z, dot com. The other is www.greenerbuildings.com. John, welcome to Go Green Radio. Thanks, Jill. Well, it's great to have you on. I'm a big fan of both of those sites, and uh, I know that a lot of our Go Green Radio listeners are going to want to check those out while we talk. So, folks, don't close this web browser while you're listening to Go Green Radio. Open a new web browser, and uh, why don't you try www.greenbiz.com, 
And then if you want to get crazy and open another window, you're a big multitasker, open up www.greenerbuildings.com and follow along with us. Well, John, who is the target audience for these great websites? Well, Jill, we're primarily focused on a, a business audience, and so we're looking at for influence on an audience of people who want to integrate environmental responsibility to support their profitable business practices. So we're looking at both small business owners who are looking to adopt green practices as well as the Fortune 1000, you know, billion dollar and above business owners as well. And and people who are really looking to learn how they can incorporate environmental uh sustainability into their business. Oh, that's extremely valuable, and especially, you know, when you talk about small businesses. I know uh, just in the state of California, 80% of the jobs that are created in the state come from small businesses. We hear a lot of talk about green jobs. Um, You know, something like what you're talking about could actually um, help do both, create green jobs and help small businesses stay in business and keep creating all those jobs. Well, and I, I think that brings up a really important point and, and one that shouldn't be overlooked when we talk about small businesses is our real focus is to help people understand that this is about improving your business, making more money, not, not a philanthropic effort, but, you know, we really promote that there are a lot of things businesses can do to be more profitable, to get more sales by going green. I love it. And, you know, I was just at the Lancaster County Chamber of Commerce last week out in Pennsylvania, and I was talking about that very topic, that green business is good business. There's two ways we make money in business. We drive costs down and we drive revenues up, and there are ways to do both by adopting sustainable business practices. And we'll get into more of your suggestions on that in just a minute. But for all of you out there listening to Go Green Radio, um, if you are an entrepreneur, if you are a small business owner, or if you're involved in a large business, tune into this because green business really is good business. And John and his crew at greenbiz.com and greenerbuildings.com can show you exactly how that works. Now, John, what makes these websites that you guys have created unique from other sites that might be devoted to green building or green business? Well, I think there are a few things. One, we have uh, a really great editorial staff that takes all the stories that come into us and really digs into them and and selects ones that are, are meaningful rather than just sort of putting up press releases. And so I think in terms of the news that goes on around uh, green business and, and greener building. I think we have a really good focus there. But then also we provide a number of tools, online tools and case studies to help people when they're looking at certain initiatives that they may want to look into and, and give them some resources that they can use in, in building up their business justification for making an investment or just a place to get ideas about what they might be able to do with their with their buildings or with their business. Well, and in speaking of that, you know, you guys have a great research paper that you can download for free on your website. I saw it on greenerbuildings.com called The State of Green Business. And this is a really great document. Tell our I'd like to get into some specifics so that our Go Green Radio listeners know 
more specifically, what kinds of tremendous resources you have. Can you talk about this paper called The State of Green Business? Sure. Um, and, and there are a couple of things that people can do. They can, uh, as you said, they can go and download this for free from, from our website. And they can also go um, watch a full day's worth of uh, panel discussions that we held in early February discussing some of the major issues that we address in the report. So I'd, I'd encourage them to do that as well. Mm-hmm. The, the genesis for the report was really we, we wanted to look at a number of indicators around green business and see how is business performing. And so we looked at about 20 indicators, and we, we gave them a really simple ranking system of whether we were swimming or treading water or, or sinking on these different initiatives. And, you know, I think overall we're, we're doing okay. Um, we're a little disappointed in some areas, and like we're what? seeing some areas that are really doing well. Yeah, like what? Give us, give us a, a couple of indicators that you feel like you ranked very well, and maybe a couple of indicators that uh, there's room for improvement. Let's uh, give our, our listeners some specifics um, without giving away the whole thing, because really, folks out there, I really do want you to take a look at this entire document. But give us the, the wave tops on a couple of issues that are good, a couple of issues that you know, we really could use some work. Well, I think, you know, one you talked about at the top of the program is water, and we we think uh, a lot is being done there, and so we gave that as a, a swimming because the amount of water used per unit of gross domestic product or GDP, we saw a lot of less water used even as population, and, and, and at the time we were looking at this, the economy were, were growing. And I think another interesting area is in paper use and recycling. We're seeing uh, paper use continuing to go down while recycling rates are climbing. So that, again, was, was a very positive area, we felt. Mm-hmm. What about areas that, uh, you know, we, we could we have opportunities to excel? <laughs> uh, maybe some challenges, but where there's still opportunities to do better. Right. I think, you know, a couple areas that we gave a big red flag to is is one in terms of e-waste, you know, recycling computers and cell phones and all sorts of electronic equipment. We're, we're not, still not seeing enough growth in that area, and people are just getting buried under mountains of, of electronic waste. And this is really dangerous stuff with, with lead and mercury and, and lots of really toxic sort of components to it. So... So we're not seeing enough movement there. And then the other one that we were very disappointed to see was in terms of carbon intensity or or emissions of greenhouse gases per unit of of GDP again. It really showed last year the slowest improvement rate since 2002, and we we had really hoped for, for a better result there. That's really interesting. And honestly, John, I mean, you know, I'm out there in the green industry and the green world all the time. I don't know of any other organization that's measuring things the way that you are, water use per unit of GDP and carbon use per GDP. I mean, those are really great metrics. And uh, and now, are you guys comparing U.S. numbers in these metrics with other countries? Well, right now, our, our focus has really been primarily on the U.S. numbers and, and part of that is it's just really hard to get some of this data. You know, we go to as many public 
publicly available uh, sources of information, be it, you know, the U.S. government and, and various NGOs and organizations to compile this. But a lot, in, a, in a number of areas, it's just very difficult to, to sort of draw out this information. But, you know, we continue every year to try and improve it, and hopefully we'll be able to add a more global aspect to it in the future. Well, it all starts somewhere, and I really do congratulate you all for starting where you have. Um, I was just looking at similar numbers to these um, when I was judging for the China Entrepreneurs Club second annual Green Business Summit that's going to be happening in Beijing on Earth Day, and they're actually starting to collect some of that information for Chinese and multinational companies in China. So maybe you and I can put our heads together and, and look at some compare and contrast. Um, Folks, we are going to be back in just a few moments after this commercial break with more from John Davies of GreenBiz.com and GreenerBuildings.com. So don't go away. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi. You can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. 
grunt? Yeah, be like, oh, uh, there you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. For those of you who are just joining us, boy, do you have a treat in store for you. We're talking to John Davies, who's on staff with a couple of websites that I think are amazing tools. Um, If you want to open a new page in your web browser and check these out, the first one is www.greenbiz.com. That's B-I-Z, greenbiz.com. The other is www.greenerbuildings.com. These are fantastic resources for anyone with a business of any size to help you actually increase your profitability through sustainability. And I just love the resources that they've created on these two websites. John, welcome back to Go Green Radio. We're so glad to have you this week. Thanks, Jill. It's great to be here. Well, we were talking about a research paper that is really top-notch and unique that you guys have put up on your site called The State of Green Business. And we were talking about how you're measuring uh, where we're at in terms of things like the water use per unit of GDP or the carbon emissions per unit of GDP. And that was fascinating. And I really do encourage Go Green Radio listeners to check out the State of Green Business. It's a free download. And as John mentioned in the last segment, you can also watch a webcast of a day-long panel discussion that goes through this document um, in, in detail. What else can you tell us about that document, the state of green business, besides those measurements that we discussed in the last segment, John? Well, you know, in the last segment, you mentioned uh, work that you're doing over in China, and I think one of, the, one of the global things that we are able to capture that we think is very um, positive and, and we're really excited about is the level of investment in clean technologies, you know, and and this ranges not just from the big solar projects, but all sorts of innovators and 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 inventors and business people looking at the next generation of technology, whether it's going to be involved in buildings or in transportation. And so we see this growth in investment both in China and in the U.S. and and in several other areas around the world as a real positive, um, you know, even more in the U.S., we know it's double a year ago what venture capital is putting into these kind of projects, even with our current economy. Let me ask you this. I mean, um, you know, of course, I'm, we live in California, uh, near Silicon Valley, where a lot of VC money goes into clean technologies. Are you guys seeing any particular trends in terms of which technologies tend to have the most investment? Is there any... Uh, you know, any trend you can see of one over the other uh, in terms of technology? 
Well, I think it's it's different, you know, having, uh, you know, if you live in Silicon Valley, a lot of technology investment 10 years ago or even five years ago all had to sort of center in the valley. And I think one of the interesting things with, with green or clean tech uh, venture capital is that it looks all over the world and all over the U.S. And so there are pockets all around the U.S. as far as where the money is being invested. And then I, th- I think there are some obvious things in terms of, you know, big bet investments in terms of battery technology for, for electric or hybrid electric cars, for um, energy storage in terms of large solar and, and wind. But I think most companies are really looking at, at portfolios of, of various plays because there's so much going on in the whole uh, clean tech industry. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually encouraging because, um, as you know, and, of course, Go Green Radio listeners know this as well, you know, when there are investment dollars going into the research and development of these technologies and that is spread across various geographic locations, that also means that some jobs are created in various geographic locations. So that's, that's actually a really good thing. Now, you guys have another document up on your website that, that is really impressive, and I'd like to talk more about it. It's called Green Building Impact. Tell us about that document. Right. The, the Green Building Impact Report is by, we have a, an executive editor for our Greener Building site, Rob Watson, who actually was one of the founders of the U.S. Green Building Council and, and one of the people who really put together the, the lead standard for buildings. And so he, with our staff, put together a report sort of assessing where are we in terms of, of lead having an impact? And, you know, they've got a number of really great charts in the report in terms of water and energy intensity and, and these sorts of things around the building and built environment. And, you know, basically we're looking at this and saying that lead is having an impact, but there's a lot more progress that's possible. Well, and, you know, there are a lot of green building efforts going on, even parallel to LEED certification. And I wonder, you know, if LEED certification, for whatever reason, may not seem like an option in a local community or, you know, in, in some places it might seem costly during this economy. How do you think that the U.S. will maintain the momentum that you're seeing in the green building arena? Well, I, I think there are a couple of things. One, the, the lead certification and, and the efforts for a lot of larger businesses who are getting certified is really helping to pull along a number of innovative products and product developments that as they become available and get used in a more widespread um, area that, that the prices come down and they become more uh, reasonable for you know, companies, you know, smaller companies to invest in them as well. So I think LEED and, and the green building movement helps to really pull along a new new set of products that can really help in terms of energy efficiency. So even if you're a small business person and you're not going out to get LEED certified for your for your business, a lot of the efforts are helping bring products to market that you'll be able to go pick up in your local Walmart or Home Depot or Lowe's. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's kind of the, the same effect that back in the 90s, 
when President Clinton signed the executive order that required the entire federal government to buy at least 30% recycled content paper, at that time, that was a difficult product to find. But because the federal government was the largest, you know, consumer of paper products, um, that swoop of his pen actually caused a tremendous retrofit in the paper industry where mills were retrofitting and spent billions to create that product for the federal government. And as a result, recycled content paper became more and more affordable for small you know, users. I mean, to the extent now that, you know, recycled content paper in most cases is comparably priced, if not better priced, um, at your local Staples or, you know, home office, you know, supply store. But that was the result of huge consumers of this product creating the demand that brought the, you know, the supply down in price. And I'm hoping that we see the same thing, you know, with some of the products that are coming about with LEED. But sometimes just the certification process itself can be onerous. And I know that a lot of local communities are creating their own sort of, you know, certification standards. What do you think of, of that movement? Well, you know, uh, one of one of the challenges is that with with green in general is is all the various certifications and and part of the problem that happens is that people get you know confused as to whether a certain certification is is an industry one or a government one and and how important is it so um, we're we're all for it um, for for standards and and that but you know hopefully it doesn't cause people to delay their their investments, you know, waiting for the, the perfect standard to come out. That's true. That's true. I mean, and I think that, you know, with looking at your Green Building Impact Report, it's clear that, you know, any movement we're making in that direction, whether it's, you know, platinum lead certification or not, um, is, is good for the overall economy and uh, the natural resources that our economy is built upon. Um, one of the things that I know our Go Green Radio listeners are going to want to know is, you know, besides these great resources and research papers, what kind of information can they hope to find when they visit either greenbiz.com or greenerbuildings.com? You know, Jill, I'm, I'm going to get off topic for a second here and just go back to your last question for one last thing because you made a great point about the, the paper recycling and sort of the initiative of the Clinton administration. Mm-hmm. And I think in the greener buildings area, the other part of what we're seeing in addition to the LEED certification is the push toward retrofitting buildings. And, and I think this is going to be tremendous in the next couple of years because that's where we have the greatest opportunity to reduce our energy usage and, and to um, and and at the same time to create a lot of green jobs in terms of people retrofitting and, and this will come through government support but also business support. And I you know one of the one of the funniest uh, quotes I've heard and, and I I'm sure you've seen Dan Jones speak a number <laughs> of times, you sure. know, is that the war on climate change will be fought with caulking guns. 
<laughs> that is so true, and I think that that's going to be the trend. And and as you say, those kinds of green jobs created by retrofitting um, buildings are by definition domestic jobs. You don't send a building over to another country, have them install solar panels on the roof, and then send it back. So I love that entire notion. Folks, we're going to be taking a commercial break, but we'll be back with John Davies and more on this fascinating, fascinating conversation about greener buildings and green business. But don't go away. We'll be right back with more Go Green Radio. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. If you're just joining us, you are in the middle of a great conversation that we're having with John Davies. He's on staff with a couple of websites I really recommend you look at. However, open a new web browser page. Don't turn us off on voiceamerica.com. Open a new web browser and check out www.greenbiz.com. That's B-I-Z.com. And the other website that you just have to see is www.greenerbuildings.com. And we're happy to be joined by John Davies. Thanks, John, for being on Go Green Radio. Uh, thanks a lot, Jill. Well, you've had some really great interviews that you've written about, and I want to ask you, um, what has been your favorite interview so far? So one, one of my, I'll back up for a second, one of my favorite interviews is uh, with Tom Zaki, who is the founder of TerraCycle, and he's just come out with a with a new book called Revolution in a Bottle, 
and he's actually one of our keynotes at a conference we're holding in May called Greener by Design but uh, up in San Francisco. But um, the, the thing about Tom and his company, TerraCycle started um, as a company to, that sold worm poop <laughs> Home Depot's. <laughs> and, and, you know, Tom is just one of the funniest guys. So, so it's a great story of, of an innovation and entrepreneurial spirit. And so he, he came up with this idea to sell worm poop, and, and it's all documented in, in his book about how he got the idea. But he couldn't figure out how he could afford packaging when he got his first big order for Home Depot. And so what he came up with was, that he would package his product in in uh, old Coke and Pepsi bottles, you know, uh, plastic uh-huh. Pepsi bottles. And so that started that, and, and he didn't have any cost for that. But what has grown out of it is even more interesting because now he's set up um, partnerships with schools and community groups to collect those bottles, and instead, instead of sending them to recycling or to the the landfill, they're sending them to Tom, and he's putting warm poop tea in them and selling them in, <laughs> in, in a new label for TerraCycle and, and selling them in Home Depot. And I, I just think it's such a such a fun story to write about, and, and you know, you always get people to giggle when you, when you say warm poop. <laughs> well, you probably think you're the first person on Go Green Radio to say that word. Actually, a couple weeks ago, we were talking to one of the senior folks at PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric, and they were talking about how they were making power out of cow poop. So evidently, that is our buzzword of the month, folks. I hope you're not offended, but that is actually a powerful way of either, in, in the case of worm composting, showing nature's way of recycling. It's it's incredibly effective, and a lot of these schools that are involved with the Go Green Initiative are actually um, selling their their castings um, to you know families in their communities. And it's great stuff to put in your garden, especially this time of year in spring when we're thinking about that. But the actual, I was when I was in Lancaster, Pennsylvania last week. We were talking about all the the dairy farms that they have. They're actually doing some great things to capture the methane. Um, and process it, it's being fed into their natural gas pipes just the way we're doing it here in California. And that's a tremendous source of, of energy. When, you know, I love it that we're not wasting any, anything, anything at all when we talk about that. And I think some of the things that you have on your website, these interviews, are so great because they're so personal. And there's something that, you know, our, our listeners, I think, will really enjoy about your website is it's not just a bunch of technocrat, you know, studies and information, though those kinds of data points are important, but there's also a lot of personal flavor in the, in the blogs and in the stories that are on the website. Tell us some more about what folks can, can look forward to when they visit these websites, John. Well, we try and really, as I said earlier, we try and bring a blend of, of the stories and the blogs, like you say, but also the online tools and, and case studies and really give our perspective on on what's important to read and, and, you know, what's going on that they can find very helpful. And then we also try and highlight, you know, what companies are doing, like, you know, Federal Express and Dell and, and Walmart in terms of their initiatives because when people look at what they're doing, it inspires them and gives them ideas for how they can, they can approach their projects as well. And these companies are looking at this from a, a money-making, profitable approach. And so, 
you know, when they say they can change the ways in which they're doing business or some of their processes, this gives uh, ideas to all sizes of business. Well, and I think that's so important. I mean, we're kind of inundated, and we have been for the last couple of years, with this notion of, you know, we're going green. I mean, you see it on every commercial and in every newspaper ad for companies across the spectrum in terms of their industry affiliation. And especially for small businesses, sometimes it can seem either daunting or unrelated whatsoever to what they're doing. And when you give case studies like this, it really brings it home um, and helps, you know, especially those small businesses apply some of the green building or, or sustainable business practices uh, concepts to their own existence and their own business sector. Now, your company also helps. You have some corporate clients. Uh, besides the, the news aggregation and the stories that you tell on the websites, you also have some, some clients that you work with directly. Tell us a little bit about that part of your business. Well, there are a few different ways that we work with, with people. One I mentioned earlier is we, we host events like the, the State of Green Business Forum that you can go watch on the web and, and our upcoming Greener by Design. We're, we're helping people understand how, how do I design products to, to incorporate environmentalism and, and greener aspects into it and, and make money at it. And then I also um, lead a group called the Green Biz Executive Network, which is uh, a membership-based organization of large, you know, Fortune 1000 companies. And we get together on a, on a biannual basis in person and then over the, the phone uh, in teleconferences to just share best practices and, and challenges of, of how difficult it is to go green. Mm-hmm. And how do you measure your success with those corporate clients? I mean, um, what is their return on investment by collaborating that way? What, what do they get from that kind of venue? Well, I think there are a couple of things they get. One is they get to see that uh, they're not alone out there in the challenges that they face, that, that even if they're in different industries and, and have different product lines, a lot of the, the difficulties and challenges and, and ways to become more successful are common across all of them. So I, I think they get both the, the understanding that they're not in a wilderness, that, that, that there are other people who are having the same experiences, you know, both positive and sometimes, you know, you have to, you have, to have some failures to learn from and, and get even better in the future. And then I think the other thing is they, they get a lot of metrics around how they're performing compared to the rest of the group. And I, I think that's really beneficial for them to go back to their companies to show where they can improve and where they're doing really well. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? We've known for years that there's value in support groups. And this is kind of like a green business support group. I mean, it really does help to be able to go behind closed doors where there's no judgment, no media, and talk through some of these challenges and talk about the reality of, of what it means to go green in business without, without external judgment. I think that's really valuable. And, and I think, you know, as much as you see the stories that we report on with businesses, typically that's the, the tip of the iceberg of what really had to happen to make that, you know, public announcement uh, out to, to the entire world. There's an awful lot of on-the-ground work that goes on at a company 
in order to achieve that, you know, energy reduction or greenhouse gas reduction. And so those are really the types of things that we're talking about in that network is, is how do they mobilize their companies around that? How do they fund it? How do they, how do they really get it going forward? Well, and I think that that is really, really great information, you know, if at some point that can be made public. Because if you think about, you know, all these small businesses out there, and I, I love dealing with the Small Business Chamber of Commerce for the U.S. because they, they are just, they're an amazing group. And I think these are the kinds of stories that would be so helpful to make as, as public as possible. And I know that there's a time and a place for that because when a company's in the middle of that process, you know, it's difficult to, to make that open and, and transparent. But at the same time, um, creating that pathway, you know, blazing that trail for others to follow is going to be an incredibly valuable resource um, for small businesses who, who aren't sure how to get from where they are now to where these big companies that they read about in the press are and what were those little micro steps and what did it cost and how did they do it. I think that's going to be a great story to tell when the time is right. And I'm seeing that in some places. I mean, we're seeing, you know, some of those stories being told. But um, the minutia of going green and the difficulties that you face, you know, in the, in the micro, uh, at the micro level um, is, really, is really important to share, I think. Well, we're lucky in that a lot of the companies who are involved in our executive network share your same uh, uh, idea. And so a number of the things that we discuss do come out in our reports and publications. And we just launched a, a Green Biz Intelligence panel where we're having a capability for broad surveys that we'll also be making public to, uh, to people to see how they can improve their business through going green. Well, and you know what I would really love to see because, um, you know, th this model is effective at the human level individually as well as, as companies. I'd love to see some mentoring programs where a company who's really done a great job could take maybe a smaller company under their wing and, and maybe sort of act as a big brother, you know, to them. I think that would be really cool. Well, in the couple minutes that we have left, John, I want to touch on one other issue, and that's public policy. Where do you all fall in terms of recommending or supporting various pieces of, of legislation or ordinances pertaining to green building and green business? Well, that's, that's a great question. I mean, we're not, per se, a, a public policy um, website, and, and, but we do know that a lot of the changes that, that we see that are necessary to occur can't occur with business alone it, it's got to come through public policy as well. What, what we think is really fascinating is that the businesses who really get it, and, and there are a large number of them, um, even though the public may be skeptical of them, there are a lot of companies who really get it and really want to um, see things move forward. We see that they're going to Congress, they're going to their state legislatures, and, and asking for regulation and, and asking for policy that supports the greening of business. So, you know, we see that as a really sort of unique point in history and, and a really positive development. I think so, too, and, and I agree with you. I've seen that with some of the, the industry leaders in a variety, even the utilities and, and several other industries, 
um, really coming up and, and serving in a leadership role, not waiting for necessarily government and public policy to lead the way, but they're actually showing us how it could be done and, and really acting as leaders. John, it has been absolutely wonderful having you on Go Green Radio. I thank you so much for joining us. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we return, we'll be talking with Nami Patel, the nation's first ever green dentist. So don't go away. We'll be right back with more Go Green Radio. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? or 14%. Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Hi, my name is Aaron, and I'm a survivor of mannequinism. Mannequinism is basically when you turn into a hard plastic shell. They say it's from not being politically active. For me, it started when I didn't register to vote. And then I stopped volunteering, and before I knew it, I wasn't doing anything. And that's when I found a small patch of plastic on my right shoulder. Protect yourself from mannequinism. Log on to fightmannequinism.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Do you know what the most complex piece of your business capital investment is? Is it the technology? Is it the infrastructure? Could it be the office and corporate structure? The most complex piece of your business capital investment is the human being. Return on Human Capital is a unique program that discusses some of the most important issues facing leaders in business. Join your hosts, Howard Pines and Jay Santamaria, for Return on Human Capital, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, folks. We're so glad to have you on. We have a very unique guest coming into our next segment. She is the first ever green dentist, and we are going to be talking with her. Her name is Nami Patel, and she's got a really cool website called toothhugger.com. So don't close this web browser. Uh, keep listening to us at voiceamerica.com, but open a new web browser and check it out at www.toothhugger.com. Now, I, I first came to know about NAMI's practice and NAMI's uh, vision 
through a really neat website called HowYouEco.com. And uh, Luke, the creator of that website, is a friend of mine, and he's been on the show before. Some of you may remember when we interviewed him on Go Green Radio. But he's got a great website that I want you to check out as well, and it's www.HowYouEco.com. And the U is spelled out Y-O-U. Well, I'd like to give a big welcome to Nami. Nami, thanks for joining us on Go Green Radio. Thanks, Jill. Thank you for having me here today. I appreciate that. Oh, gosh, it's our pleasure. Tell us, Nami, what is your inspiration for what you're doing? What's your green inspiration? Well, I'm East Indian by background. Um, I was born in a village of eight houses uh, in my own living room, believe it or not. <laughs> um, I'm also Jane. Uh, Jainism is a religion where all resources are valued, even bacteria, because they're counted as a life source. Um, isn't that amazing? Uh, I grew up where my parents only ate vegetarian food and from local farmer's markets and really reused every piece of clothing or anything they ever had. Um, as a Jane and growing up in a family where there are a million uses for the same item, it really set the tone for being eco-conscious in all aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that I is, that is great. I mean, a lot of people, you know, I mean, it, it really is something, uh, going green is sort of a, almost a moral value that's passed from one generation to the next. Yeah, and also we live, uh, I mean, I grew up in the Bay Area here, and Gary is a very progressive uh, community when it comes to sustainability, from food to clean tech. Um, I'd like to say I'm a reflection of that community and really proud of it, too. Mm-hmm. You bet. And you know, it's funny, I travel all over the country, and there is this idea that California is the absolute greenest, you know, we've got the tiger by the tail when it comes to being green and, and doing all these things, but the, the truth is, there are places in Texas, and I was just in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, out in D.C., that are doing some of the same things we are doing and sometimes even better. So we, we have a great reputation here in the Bay Area for being green, but fact is there are Go Green Radio listeners all over the U.S. and some outside of the U.S. who are doing just as much as we are and doing a great job of it. So green is becoming uh, trendy no matter where you live. Now, Nami, what is your dental background, and why did you decide to become a dentist to begin with? We'll start with your dental practice, and then we'll move into the, the green part of it. What about the field of dentistry? What got you into that? You know, I was my last semester in college. I initially was going to be a medical doctor, um, did not think about dentistry at all, until my last semester where a friend of mine made me volunteer at a local nonprofit government clinic. There was so much fear and anxiety about going to the dentist. Um, I realized what a big impact I had. As a volunteer, I just made um, people feel comfortable and at ease. I really helped calm their fears, and that's when I realized how important that was. Um, helping them calm their fears really made me realize what a big impact it was and also realize that I had purpose and passion. I realized dentistry was my thing. Um, that's, I studied at the University of Southern California for um, dentistry. I went to University of the Pacific for undergraduate studies. And then after that, I worked um, in Los Angeles for a couple of years and then moved to the Bay Area in 2006 and started to, pr- to well, my project on my green dentistry project. Yeah, and tell us about that. What is exactly yeah, a, a green dentist and what green practices <laughs> um, do you incorporate into your work? What Tell us about that. Um, well, our office is wonderful. It's a LEED certified office. We're at silver certification right now. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's a couple things that we do in the office. Um, uh, we have no, non-VOC paints. All of our wood is 95% uh, recycled content, FSC certified, produced locally. The air is even filtered. We've used distilled water for all of our cleanings. 
The walls are stuffed with organic denims. The door, their doors are made from recycled plastic from great companies like Three Form. Hang on, and you said the walls are stuffed with what? I haven't heard this before. Organic denim. For what is that? Organic denim. Yeah, it was, it's um, it's actually a product that uh, our contractor made for the for the office. So that way, instead of insulation, where they use a lot of stuffing and things like that, which uh-huh. tends to cause a lot of allergens, the organic denim actually is a really nice insulation. It is long lasting and also um, it's really nice for the environment because we've got no pesticides used in it. So whoa, I have never heard of that, Nami. I mean, you know, you're, you said your contractor developed this. I mean, where did the idea even come from? I, I've never heard of organic denim. Well, I, the idea stemmed from our, our vision. We actually created a vision of what we wanted to create in this uh, in this space, and we wanted to create a space that was amazing in all of its contents, from the sheetrock uh, to the phones to the furniture. Everything was reusable. Everything had came from a very organic background, and so we've done a lot of creative thinking and a lot of um, fun creative thinking. I would say to come up with a space that's just really amazing. When people come in here, they're just well, so happy. Well, and it's so cool. I mean, all the things that you were talking about in terms of green practices, a lot of that centers on uh, practices that actually protect the indoor air quality. So you're actually creating a really healthy space um, for people to work in, you know, your staff, and for people to come. And like you said, it can be nerve-wracking to go to the dentist. You're creating a really healthy space for them to be in. Now, you've just started toothhugger.com, and I love this motto, Fresh Smiles, Green Style. And you educate people on green oral health. Tell us about Tooth Hugger. I love it. Well, ToothHugger.com uh, just launched in February, um, and the vision behind ToothHugger was to open up a, uh, a place for dentists and people to look for green oral healthcare information. And it's beyond the noise. Um, a lot of times we get a lot of information, but it's kind of skewed to the right or the left. This is a nice, safe space where people can get solid answers and resources. Uh, we've got uh, guides on kids' oral health care, toothpaste, floss, tongue scrapers, mouthwash, alternative remedies, and more. Um, we answer a lot of questions, for, and, look, and we actually uh, interview a lot of future green leaders, such as Eric Hudson from their Preserve Products, Dr. Ken from Dr. Ken's. Um, you can also sign up for our weekly news, uh, newsletter and then also for a small kit giveaway, which is a lot of fun as well. So cool. Okay, so every Go Green Radio listener out there, here's your job. Take a piece of paper, www.toothhugger.com, and Go to the dentist, have them check out NAMI's site. And for all you parents out there who want to make sure that your children are in a non-toxic world, you want them to have green and clean um, products around them, check out toothhugger.com for information from NAMI on some of the best products that you can provide um, for what's going in their little mouths. So we want them to have good dental hygiene, but we also don't want them to put toxins into their mouths. So make sure you check out toothhugger.com for that. What else, Nami? Um, you know, if, if toothhugger.com meets all of your hopes. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.